0: Before we get started with the show, I just wanted to mention uh, your financial pharmacist had a great episode uh, with an army uh, enlisted, uh, well now pharmacist, uh, who actually went into the army as part of a way to uh, mitigate and actually graduate without any student loan debt. And 15% of graduates do that. And I always thought it was wealthy people or that the military was maybe some way involved. Uh, but what we want to do is kind of... Bring some of those uh, best practices together. So what this episode is about is about the conversations that you maybe don't have with other people that maybe maybe we should uh, more often about the things that make it just a little bit easier to have a quite a bit of less of a debt burden at the end. And I know prevention doesn't get as much excitement as coming back from three hundred thousand in debt or quarter of a million dollars in debt, uh, but you know. An ounce of prevention, pound of cure, all that stuff. So here, welcome to the show. Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, What we're going to do today is kind of fun. Um, We're working on a a book that uh, is going to help students uh, with their debt uh, and then maybe more broadly uh, helping doctors defeat debt. Uh, in general. So, you know, kind of taking uh, all of the professions, MD, PhD, and those types of things into account. And so what we did was we put together a number of questions that uh, we just want to answer for ourselves and kind of get the stories out of our brain. Uh, But uh, I think next month is the blog to book month, where you plan 31 blog posts. Well, you can't, right? Because it's August. Is it August 31? August is 30. Yeah, so maybe it's for September or something like that. But the idea is that blog to book is to plan the number of blogs in the month, and then you end up writing it down. So what we did was we just said, all right, well, you know, in Appy Rotation, there's about, you know, five days a week, five weeks usually. Uh, So we've got about 20, 25 uh, questions uh, that we've kind of narrowed down a little bit uh, to make it about 20 Uh, But anyway, what we're we're doing is we're going to just answer the questions, and um, Sydney's going to give her perspective as somebody who's graduating uh, in, did you actually count down the days, or are you just uh, still with the months?
1: 31 and a half weeks.
0: 31 and a half weeks. Okay, so yeah, and uh, I graduated in 97, so I'm at year 25 uh, coming out. So we'll definitely have different perspectives, but uh, when we did this, actually, we found that we had some real similarities. For example, she... Uh, Likes to work at a coffee shop and the pharmacy, and I worked uh, waiting tables uh, at Pizzeria Uno on the Inner Harbor of Baltimore, uh, as well as working in the pharmacy, and we found that the double part-time job is much more bearable than kind of full-time, all the time, uh, during school at least. So, all right, so we said we're going to start with question three from our our first chapter. Uh, Should you work inside or outside the profession?
1: Some considerations I made when deciding to work inside or outside of the profession was burnout within pharmacy. If you're only working 80 hours in pharmacy, you can easily get burnt out. Another thing I was considering is the compensation or the pay between the two jobs comparable. um, And then the uninvolvement within the profession if you work in another venue.
0: Yeah, I... I thought back to actually my undergrad days. I used to work at Three Brothers Pizza in Landover, Maryland, uh, which is just outside of College Park. And this was, again, I I was saving money by not having a car. So I would bike through the woods. Uh, I remember the the shortcut. And then I would go over to the, the mall where the Three Brothers Pizza was. And we were allowed to take calzones home because calzones are something you can't use the next day. And it was my first food job and I found Something that was really important a little bit later in life is that the, the money itself may not be the most valuable part of the job. And not only was I, you know, I eating very well, but my roommates were very happy to see me. And, and yeah, at some point, you know, we got kind of tired of the calzones and stuff like that. But uh, in general, eating, you know, this kind of New York style, uh, it, was, it, was, it was really, it was fast, but it was good. And I just love spinach calzones. I love. I'm just hungry for one now, even though it's breakfast time. But it was just really, really something that when I went to my pharmacy job, I'm like, so all I get is the money, you know. And it was just not just a disappointment, but just mathematically, I'm looking at it like, how am I going to survive without a food job? And so food job was one of the things that was really a consideration. And now, as I'm kind of older, now I have a. A teaching job where the flexibility is really key where you know we've got you know three kids and and making sure that they can get to their things Uh, but also being present as a husband uh, as well where uh, you know there's only so many weekends you can explain away to your family that well i gotta work Uh, and and so the food job kind of became the the flexibility job so do you have anything else about inside or outside the profession or do you want to go about working over break
1: I would say similarly, the Starbucks. I got free sandwiches when I would work at Starbucks, and the coffee also helps keep me up and my energy is high. So that as well was helpful when I was working outside the profession. Um, But now we can look at going to Chapter 2. Okay.
0: Did you want to talk about working over the break?
1: Oh, yeah, working over the break. So some considerations over working the summer break are... You have three months off, and so I f- figured to work outside of the break to help pay for school. Other individuals chose to, do you take a vacation, or do you try to try another pick up another hobby through the summer break?
0: Yeah, I, I just found that Um, And and I know what you're talking about is like, you know, do you take a vacation, reward yourself for getting through college and and what you were doing? But you had mentioned that because you got your acceptance in October and then all of a sudden that made it real that you have X number of dollars and you could do the math pretty quickly. Uh, Well, you're a finance major, you know, you're good at math. And you could do the math pretty quickly to figure out that, that's a lot of hours at, at what you're you're making. But then the intern salary and all of that. Um, I actually, again, uh, Goofus and Gallant, you're Gallant, I'm Goofus, uh, I chose to go to the beach, and I lived at the beach and actually went broke for the first time. So I only had... My parents were like, no, nope, we're not bringing a car. I was like, okay, uh, because there's a bus that goes up Coastal Highway in Ocean City, Maryland, so I, I would just go up and down. And... Uh, what, I would, uh, what I had to do is I actually took like a Greyhound bus up to the beach. And then I stayed at my parents' place an off-season for two weeks. And that means I had two weeks to find a job. And I literally went up and down the boardwalk. And I chose not to do the food job because there's actually a barter uh, system that kind of went on. I worked at an arcade. And people could play arcade for free. And I would do that in exchange for Caruso's Pizza Next Door. And then across the way were the Thrasher's Fries guys. And then there was uh, also Dolly's Popcorn were in this. So it was kind of like we had this, you know, system of... of uh, it was just kind of really cool for as little as we were making. But then, you know, we all had kind of a way that, that we could help each other out. So that's another kind of life lesson I learned is that not only is the job that you have important, but you don't want to be in isolation. Uh, you want to actually meet people. And uh, I know that your preference when you are making coffee is not actually with, is talking to the people and making it, but not necessarily register or something. I didn't understand how you could make the coffee and talk to the people at the same time.
1: So I like to, as I'm making the person's coffee as they come in, I just like to have that conversation. That, that little two to three minute conversation brightens my day and I enjoy making the drinks and enjoy discussing with others. So that's something about the job I, I liked and I got to get to know some of the customers over time and I've worked there now for seven years and it's just great to get to know them and what they have going on.
0: Yeah, and I think we're both extroverts, right? So we get our energy from being around people. Uh, So if you're an introvert, this may be the opposite of what you want to do. You may just want to sit in the back and in between. And at the busiest stores, you can actually have someone that doesn't interact with people at all, right? Yeah. So, you know, kind of the basement of the pharmacy thing. Okay. So should you work over break? For you, it's a no-brainer. You work every day of the year, basically, or you work every week of the year. Uh, And then, uh, I, I made my break into a vacation. So the first time I went down to that, that beach, I, I went broke. Uh, and I, I did run out of money around the eighth or ninth week of the, the summer and had to come home. Uh, but the next year, I did better. I came home with $20 and made it through the whole summer because I got a food job. Duh. Like, <laughs> and, and I kind of learned that, okay, well, the job doesn't, might pay, doesn't pay enough. And, and I needed a job that paid in food and uh, salary.
1: I did make the mistake of overworking myself, though, in the okay. summers off, and I would work like 80 to 95 hours a week,
0: Oh. so
1: then that did put a strain on, like, relationships with friends and okay. not being able to see them, so I wouldn't advise that either. All right, all right. I mean, I was
0: watching volleyball. Like, it, like we were right in front of Boardwalk, right, IEVB Volleyball was right in front of us. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. So maybe somewhere in between is like normal. Like I'm, I'm too, maybe a little too far on the going to the beach, bruh. And then you're, you're, you're working uh, really hard. Okay, well, the, the chapter two was kind of uh, talking a little bit about the, the type of school we went, some of the decisions that we made. Uh, so let's start with private and public. Uh, why did you go to a public school? Why didn't you go to a private
1: So I liked that the University of Iowa had a teaching hospital associated with it. Um, So that public connection of the teaching hospital right there. I enjoyed that the um, private uh, school was almost double the price when I was looking within the Midwest of public school. So that was another consideration I made.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. So I'm going to go all the way back to high school where I actually rejected myself from all the private schools. And my, my parents taught me something really important. They said, this is your number. This is the number of dollars you get uh, for college. And so every private school went over that number. I didn't know that the ticket price wasn't the price of the school. Now, it's a real concern to me that the average pharmacy student applies to only 2.5. schools or I think it's up to 2.75 schools because what's happening is is that you know supply and demand if the demand uh, isn't necessarily there uh, then you should make a couple more applications to see if there's a better deal and maybe there isn't Uh, but I think that both of us going to Publix we were very cognizant uh, of the price and really just for me it was being close to home Uh, you're two hours away though two and a half hours yeah, so I was about 45 minutes from uh, Montgomery County, Maryland, and I went up to Baltimore, but I only applied to one school, uh, so <laughs> I didn't really have a backup plan. So I guess both of us are on the kind of public school side, but uh, maybe if there was some way that a private school could show that the the value would be there, uh, maybe maybe that might be a consideration. Um, so what about online or in-person school? So now, you might have been able to work more hours or kind of even gone into your finance world uh, and gone to pharmacy school at the same time. Uh, what made you decide to in-person versus online? I think I know the answer, but what do you, why?
1: Just the experience that you get of being in person every day and that teaching hospital is right there. They're also helpful with setting up clinical rotations for you. And like we've discussed, uh, online schools have you set it up because you could be anywhere. And right. so nice to have that that um, support and that aid and in-person school was provided within um, the Midwest and so that's why I thought it'd be a better learning experience for in-person.
0: Yeah and, and I mean there is the online school in Nebraska next door and now there I think there's seven online uh, pharmacy schools but uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. I kind of, uh, as an extrovert, I really prefer being in person and, and being with people. And maybe if that was an option, I, I might have considered it. But uh, right now, I just couldn't, I couldn't see myself doing that. Now I teach online, and we, we've been teaching online, we've been teaching virtually. And uh, are you, is your preference still the face to face when you're talking about teaching? Or or do you like the online? I mean, what, what do you prefer?
1: For teaching, I do like to be in person. I'm okay with doing online as well. I think just getting and seeing the students' facial expressions to see if they're understanding content is helpful. Um, I did myself, though, enjoy online school during the pandemic okay. at some points, but I did miss the connections and seeing my peers every day. Um, I did like the flexibility the online provided for that during COVID, for a couple hours, and you could um, watch lecture and complete assignments when it was best fitting your schedule. But I did really enjoy being in person to see and work with others and have those connections.
0: Okay, all right. Um, how much of my how much of my tuition should I take loans for now? I. I know you're, you're, on, you're on the other end. This is kind of good that we're on two ends of the spectrum. I just put the green button that said take all loans. And I think that the, the real issue is that if you don't have a budget, it's really hard to say, okay, well, I'm only going to need this much. There's the fear of running out. Uh, but I think we pay 4% or some origination fee, 3 or 4% just right off the top, up to 6%. Oh,
1: 6.1%.
0: 6.1% origination. So you don't may not think about it, but you're, you're like, okay, I got 20,000 in loans. And then all of a sudden you're like 9,400 plus 9,400. I'm trying to do it in my head. It's 18,000 something, 18,800. That's $1,200, right? Wow. So $1,200 to give you $20,000. So I can understand that, but Um, For me, it was just complete inexperience with the budgeting process. Uh, I just took the loans because they were there. Uh, But tell me a little bit about what is the other end of that and really (laughs) putting everything into avoiding loans completely.
1: So, um, like Tony said, I do have a finance background, and so my thought process was how am I going to make pharmacy school affordable and not have as many loans um, as the national pharmacy debt rate
0: <laughs> is
1: very high. And I um, didn't want to be in that position after graduating. So I chose to work as much as I was able to this year. I do have to take out student loans um, for my last year. I but can see the
0: pain on your face. Just <laughs> the, I, I, have to, I can't even say the word. <laughs>
1: Luckily, um, but I, my plan is to take out the minimal amount that I need. Um, and then you can always throughout the semester. It does allow you to add on more if I'm needing to. Um, I've just through um, peers and friends, I've seen that they do offer, you can take the green button like Tony and um, get it all at once. But I've noticed that that money is um, just through experiences has been used for other sources. And then thinking that that interest rate is going to be have to pay be paid back. Um,
0: And interest rates are going up. Well, they did have this weird pullback just recently, but uh, yeah, interest rates are are definitely up. And so um, we're actually talking about a psychological principle. I think it's the, the bucket of popcorn. So if you bring a bucket of popcorn, you'll actually eat more than if you had just bought a certain serving. And so if we kind of put that to the money, that serving of money, if you just have a big pile of money, uh, it's like, oh no, I got money for that. Whereas when you're taking it just a little bit at a time, then you're like, Oh no, I may have to may have to not uh, go that direction. Okay.
1: And I do think it's important remembering that the money is not really yours. You're borrow you're borrowing it. <laughs> so that's another big thing is you have to remember you're borrowing it and you're paying even more money. So think that that bucket of popcorn is gonna cost you <laughs> way more in a few years than um, than you not getting that bucket of popcorn. So right,
0: right. okay, all right. Well, let's talk about repayment. Uh, there's two uh, methods. Uh, Ramsey has really popularized the the snowball method, and I think Warren Buffett's book is even called the snowball or something like that. Uh, But the snowball method is just taking the smallest loan and paying it off regardless of interest rate. And then there's the avalanche method, which I at first thought was an avalanche. I was just thinking of somebody getting piled under debt. But apparently it's the method where you actually just take the highest number. So uh, let me give you an example where uh, this happens. Uh, For example, you might have like a $2,000 student loan and, and the snowball method would say pay that before you pay 15,000 in credit card debt and the reason for that is that you need some kind of momentum uh, from that but the the concern is okay you've got this 15, 19 percent whatever massive uh, interest rate on the on the credit card So when you're talking about repaying the debt that you will have uh, do you see the snowball or avalanche method in your future?
1: Um, I could see myself more living very minimalistically and trying to pay back the the biggest loan first to okay. accomplish that. but um, the snowball method I think is rewarding for most individuals to show them that they can they are able to pay it back. So at this point I'm not probably thinking I may use more of the avalanche method versus the snowball method. Uh, but I do think the snowball method is helpful for progression.
0: Yeah, and and I have to agree with you. And, and we're we're kind of coming to the dopamine of it all, where you know what is it that that gives you like the inspiration to move forward. And now that I I don't budget, but I do track my spending every single day. So like yesterday's credit cards I put on, and and like this morning I saw that you know that one of the uh, Square readers didn't work, so she handed me another one, and so sure enough. Both of them ended up going through and I made sure that, you know, I got that $6 back or whatever it was for my kid's birthday donuts. Um, But watching your money every day may be a lot easier. And it may sound like a lot of work, but I literally go to my credit card, copy, paste it into a document and then uh, double check it. But yeah, I I can see that, you know, uh, the avalanche method, I, I can't imagine doing something like the snowball method. Um, yeah, I get it, but I think that if you look at that, if you look at your month, like uh, with a mortgage, if you look at it going down every month, you'll get that same kind of dopamine burst that you would uh, from a small payment. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about living, uh, chapter three. Uh, let's start with should I have roommates. Let's you go first.
1: So, when looking at the price difference, it's about it decreases your costs by about half if you do have a roommate. And another consideration I made is how often am I really going to be at home? And honestly, I was only home in pharmacy school to sleep and shower and cook meals for the next day. I was home very rarely and I didn't get to enjoy that apartment if I was living by myself. So, the Having a roommate was important to me and something I chose to have. It was also a good support system to have someone that was in pharmacy school that you could discuss with and um, have somebody with you throughout the day.
0: Yeah, I, I in pharmacy school, I started in the, the dorms and a bunch of us from the dorms decided that, you know, dorms are cool, but let's let's go get a, a, a place together. Uh, and then we ended up uh, living together uh, nearby and, and saving a little bit of money Uh, in that way but it was also nice to kind of have that group and have a house that we could have people over Um, it was just an all guys dorm floor so it was a little bit weird to be honest and and so that that was kind of nice so I've I've always had roommates but even when I was married and we were engaged uh, during residency uh, we still had roommates in the (laughs) roommates in the basement Um, (laughs) so I remember at the house in Baltimore uh, we had one roommate and then another one um, when we were uh, in Iowa City, actually, uh, we had a roommate downstairs and, and we never saw him. It was just kind of one of those, you know, l- it's not violating fair housing to say looking for someone that's never home. <laughs> so it worked out and it sounds like you're in the same position. All right. Eating out. Your friends are like, let's go to sushi. And you're like.
1: No thanks. <laughs> uh, the just looking when we're a lot of people do eat out um, at the hospital, uh, and it, they it's kind of fifteen dollars to eat each day there, uh, which can start to rack up. And just the options that they have are um, are not. Not always necessarily the healthiest, and I'm trying to stay as healthy as I can throughout going through grad school, as well as, um, um, yeah, and then with the eating out too, it is hard to meal prep. But I think if you meal prep once a week and just cook different meals, so that you don't get burnt out on a certain thing, that can be helpful. Um, and it's okay to eat out once in a while, but it does really accumulate
0: cost. Yeah, and, and I think that that's the other thing is that, you know, are you going to be seen as somebody who's just not, I don't want to say not cool, but well, they're just not part of the group and they're, they're not coming with us. But when you're in the hospital, you can bring your sandwich to the cafeteria there. Uh, but when everybody's going out, you're like, um, okay, well, we're going out and you're like, all right. But I solved this problem. Um, <laughs> we have a somewhat expensive place in town, uh, Trailside Tap. And We loved going to do trivia there and just one time the the trivia guys like and yeah, we're looking for people to do trivia or whatever And so when I do trivia, not only do I get paid $60, but I get a $30 tab uh, So I can get like a meal and and whatever and so instead of being on the negative side of things You know, it's it's really not so bad. So it's it kind of cool. So I have another food job <laughs> uh, and, and, and I love it so um, but eating out uh, the mistake I made with my kids was I used to make it, it's just so easy to go get food for them and they're happy that they get that. And I was just real. I don't know if prices spiked recently, but one day I'm just like, am I really paying $18 for a tortilla, some rice, some chicken, and some like, you know, beans? And it was like, yes, I am paying that or whatever. And then in New York, I paid $48. It was three shakes fries, and three sandwiches for $48. And it was just like, you know, so painful. So uh, the answer is I eat out a lot less. And the big thing was I found that if I keep nutri bars and applesauce, like go squeezy things or whatever, and snacks, uh, I found that I eat out a lot less. All right, so this is a big one should I live close to campus? And I was really adamant about this in residency, but I want to hear what you have to say.
1: So my first couple of years, I did live close to campus, but my third year, I found housing for short term. Um, And this housing was over two miles away. And I was walking two miles each way um, to get to school, which took about an hour both ways. Um, And that did cut into a good portion of my day. If I drive, I'd be paying like $15 to $20 a day to park my car while I was in class. And that started to add up. And um, so I, I I would have, if I were in this situation, considered to try to find housing a little closer to campus like I had for my first two years because it was pretty pricey to live off of campus. And it did, cut out two hours of each day if I walked so it was pretty challenging but I was in very good shape (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, the one thing I was adamant about we we did residency in Iowa City and I was adamant that we live in Iowa City proper I was like look if I am moving from Baltimore to Iowa City I'm not going to be and I have nothing against Coralville I have nothing against Liberty I have nothing against those towns but I'm like, look, I want to be able to bike to campus. I want to be able to, to you know go downtown. If this is our kind of year of whatever, I, I, I want to live in town. So uh, we, we paid a premium uh, for that place, but we had the roommate that kind of offset that a bit. And uh, I am just somebody that was, I, I've lived far from campus. And I've just found that living close to campus, not only does it, Um, you know, make it less time to to get there, not have to worry about the parking. But I find that I'm just closer to all my friends and and everybody. And I just find that being away from campus, you kind of take yourself out of things. Um, You're working all the time, but do you find that you're a lot closer to at least maybe some of those roommates that you have or or those people being close to campus?
1: Yeah, I do like being close to campus. The thing I like too, I think it Motivates you more to attend class. Because okay. I think if you live that far from campus, <laughs> yeah. you could be more likely to skip class than to go in person. Yeah. When you live, you live like five to ten minute walk. You're, there's no reason for you not yeah. to hop over. So I do think it is keeps you on track and motivated.
0: Okay. Um, so sh- chapter four what do we do with the money once we've got it so should i play save pay off debt or invest or what combination of those should i do so i'll let you start
1: so my plan when i'm done is to pay off debt i am planning to invest the eight percent in stock because that will only compound interest um I would like to. So eight
0: percent of everything you make, you put in. I'm gonna put in. Okay. Not
1: right. I'm not doing that right now. Okay. Um, I do have a little bit of stock, but I'm not.
0: Yeah.
1: Doing the eight percent okay. yet because I'm not working full time. But I that's do. That's your number. That is my number. Okay. That is my number, um, but I do plan to, to, um, to to pay off the debt right away. As that's something that's on the front of my my plate. Okay. Fleet. okay and live very minimalistically.
0: Okay. All right. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more down the road. Uh, So uh, the reason why I'm not a multi, multi, multi millionaire is because I I did spend a a ton of that money and um, played for many, many decades. Uh, But um, what I have been good at is making money. I've just never been good at saving money and then I married someone who is good at saving money but not as good as me as making money through side hustles and those types of things so um I I now have that in my blood where I'll go to like normally I would just like well I'm gonna get gas because I'm here and now I'm like okay gas buddy let's see whoa hey all right there's better gas down the road and I would go down the road. I paid off everything and then I had paid, it off, I paid off so much that she, my wife's like, Well, you know, I got 25000 I was like, All right, fine, I'll pay your loans off too. Um, investing, uh, this is maybe I'm not the best person to ask on this one because I am really, really like that. I'm the person that buys high and sells low uh, because I, I am just way too emotional for the market. And so it's nice that most of my money is going to be in IPERS, which if you're in, uh, you're one of the, 10% of Iowans have IPERS. It's basically the, um, basically like a retirement fund for teachers. And I don't know if police have it. It's a little bit different uh, and so forth. So that's kind of my investing. Uh, But I did do real estate for a while. and, And so I enjoy buying houses. And what I'm thinking about this time is just avoiding the bank altogether saving the two or three hundred thousand to just buy a house and just pay cash for it. Um, But that's a big, big amount of money to to do that with. And I I don't know. Um, What I buy by saving is uh, I love the feeling of knowing that money's there. And so knowing that I have two years worth of salary in in the bank uh, just makes me feel much more comfortable. And so I, I don't even know what that is. Is it buying safety? Uh, I, I don't even... I don't know if I can put a word on it, but whatever it is, it gives me warm fuzzies to know that I can do that. And then people are like, that's stupid. You're only going to make 1% you know, with Ally or whatever, or 0.01% with a regular bank. But it just makes me feel good to have the money there, so...
1: They do yeah. say that to prepare in case something were to come up to yeah. keep the salary for at least a six to a months to a year until you find something else. So
0: yeah,
1: I do agree with you.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do this next question, which is um, some colleges actually don't do this. I think uh, PCP in Philadelphia doesn't actually have extra tuition. Their their four years are the exact same price, and I'll check this while we're talking, but. Tell me about that extra tuition summer uh, in your last year of school where you you finally came to a point where you could not match um, with your salary, as many jobs as you have, um, what what you have to pay, and, and how do you handle that extra tuition?
1: So I am having to pay an extra... Um extra tuition for the summer since we started our rotations. Um, it is the same amount from the what the fall and the spring are, so it was an extra $15,000. Um, I was working quite a bit this spring in my last um, semester of uh, in-class work, and so I was trying to work as much as I could to be able to afford summer tuition. I do usually work about 80 to 95 hours a week in the summer, so this um, extra tuition is, is challenging, um, but I, I will be close to being done in 31 weeks, so I'm pretty excited. Um, and I plan to only um, take out the loans that I need to to handle the extra tuition. Um, since, unfortunately, I'm not able, I'm still working on the weekends, but I'm not able to um, make anywhere close to being able to forward with the school right now.
0: Okay. All right, well, I was looking up U Sciences, and it went to St. Joe's, so I'm wondering if St. Joe's actually picked up those students. So I'll, I'll have to kind of look into that. Um, uh, we will be seeing a lot of uh, consolidation soon, I think, uh, as the, the kind of, there's two things happening across the country. One, there's less applicants to pharmacy school, which is, it's very similar to people selling when the market is low. <laughs> Now's the time to get in now that there's fewer people. Uh, and two, people are moving to the publics uh, in quite large numbers, moving away from the privates to the public. So, uh, but um, handling that extra tuition, again, uh, there's a point where, you know, you're, you're at the finish line, you, you have to take it. Um, for me, uh, you know, I'm green button guy. So let's <laughs> just push the button and there's plenty of money there for me. Okay, but how do I save for extra expenses? So I'm, <clears throat> I've got this bucket of money and, and I'm just, uh, I, I don't really spend too much. Um, I don't have a lot of things I want to buy. There's just a point in your life where, you know, your, your kids are, are what you're thinking about. Uh, but how do you save for extra expenses? Let's say you have a vacation or you wanted to go to ASHP uh, for residence. How would you how would you save for that extra expense?
1: So I, on top of working, I also donate plasma. And if I am wanting to go on a trip or do something extra, I start saving for a few weeks of donating plasma. Um, it's an easy... It, you're get you're given that money on the debit card, and um, it's easy to forget about that debit card. So I usually keep that debit card tucked aside, and then I will um, use that money for as like fun extra spending money. Um, it's been pretty nice. Um, extra expenses that have come up just this year, for example, um, just being aware of the NAPLEX and Um, studying for that as well as possibly going to ASHP um, and realizing that it is going to be costly, but um, it's important to plan for that now.
0: Awesome. Okay, well, I think we covered the four chapters that we wanted to, and what we'll do is we'll put this into a book, kind of think about more stories and those things, uh, make it a little bit less of a kind of off-the-cuff what we're, we're thinking. But what's the one thing that you would, if you had like 30 seconds with yourself in your freshman year and you just wanted to say, this is the one thing that I want to make sure that you know, uh, what would that one thing be? You don't, do you want me to go first? Okay. Um, Well, if, if I were to go back, I would say to track my expenses daily and... Um, just don't let that $20,000 credit card bill that I ended up with at graduation happen. and wait till I get a, wait to get a car until I graduate. I actually got a car two months before I graduated. I went to Arizona, found out you can put the down payment on your credit card, bought the car, left it there, picked it up two months later. <laughs> you're, you're laughing. I, I get it, you know what I mean, it's just complete, complete madness. Um, but what about you? What would you? Um, what's the one thing you would love to say?
1: I would say remember that paying your bills is important and trying to keep off your debt as much as you can is is important so that it doesn't affect your future plans because you will have to pay them eventually um, but also remember that you are in school for uh, you're in graduate school for a reason to complete that degree and it's more important to do well and be successful than have to repeat so I would say make school your priority and try to um, fit in working as much as you're able to and work around that.
0: Yeah, I, I think you I think the, the, the big take home from the book is going to end up being a, a real both and, which is okay. Well, I, I can't study because I'm in you know I'm I'm in pharmacy school. Well, you know we've talked about how being a technician actually made that a little bit easier, and then I remember being jealous of the security guard. Not security guard, but the the person at the gym that would like check you in, that would like just kind of look up every once in a while, but was like doing their homework the entire time they were getting paid. It's like, so there are jobs that you can both end it with. So, all right, well, Sydney, thanks for your thoughts, and we'll have one more episode before we're done.
1: Thank you.